Good morning, All Nations Church. My name is Dan. For those of you who don't know me, for those of you who do know me, well, you can't have everything. Uh, But it's my privilege this morning to preach to you from the book of Exodus, um, the story, the history of the Red Sea Cross. And I really, I really felt in preparing this that this is a, a story we've heard a thousand times. That it's really easy when you've heard a story a thousand times to take it for granted, to be passive about it, to just be like, oh, it's another one of those stories. But I really felt to get across to you that this is real. This has happened. This happened. This was a moment where every single exit was blocked. When all hope seemed lost. And some of you may feel this way right now. We're in the middle of a second lockdown and while there is progress being made with the vaccine, which is great news, there doesn't seem to be a definite end in sight for the COVID pandemic. But the verse that really kept coming back to me in preparing this talk was Psalm 46.10, which is, be still and know that I am God. Which echoes what Ian Richards was talking about last week in just standing firm. So we're going to get into the reading now. Um, And there's just going to be 30 seconds or so of silence at the end of it. And I just really encourage you to right now just close your eyes. Because this morning we get to meet with our God. Our God who makes a way where there is no way. Our God who is faithful. Our God of the impossible. Our God who's in control. Who we can trust to come through for us every single time. So this is Exodus chapter 14 from verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on their right and their left. The Egyptians set out in pursuit, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen, and went into the sea after them. During the morning watch, the Lord looked down at the Egyptian forces from the pillar of fire and cloud and threw the Egyptian forces into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve and made them drive with difficulty. Let's get away from Israel, the Egyptians said, because the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back on the Egyptians, on their chariots and horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea returned to its normal depth. While the Egyptians were trying to escape from it, the Lord threw them into the sea. The water came back and covered the chariots and horsemen, plus the entire army of Pharaoh that had gone after them into the sea. Not even one of them survived. But the Israelites had walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on their right and their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the power of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and believed in him and in his servant, Moses.
Yeah, Father God, thank you that you are the God who meets us in our desperate moments. Father, thank you that you are the God who parts the sea, who makes a way where there is no way, that you are the God that can do anything. And Father, I just pray now, come Holy Spirit, please speak through me. Please speak through me now. Give me your words. In Jesus' name, amen. This was the moment. Everything has been building up to this moment. And there's no greater story in the Old Testament that shows exactly what Jesus himself is coming to do, which is to give God's people an escape to a new life. But the thing I really want to get across this morning is that this isn't a story. This is history. This is your history. This is my history. And for those of you who don't know me, my job outside of COVID is a classical musician. And to prepare myself for that job, I did five years of study at the Royal College of Music in London. And my, my first degree was an undergrad, which took four years. And the first year doesn't count for anything, same as any other degree. And then the next three years are a series of exams that build up your overall score. Except in my degree, 40% of my entire degree came down to one 45-minute recital at the end of my fourth year, which, I mean, was a bit of a make-or-break moment, um, but that was only 40%. But in this moment in Exodus, 100%, everything comes down to this, to finding a way through this impossible situation. And without this moment, there is no point in anything that came immediately before it. The plagues, the death, the years of slavery and suffering. If God abandons the Israelites now, they're dead. And they know it. A few verses earlier in the chapter from verse 10, which Ian read for us last week, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They, they need an escape. They need a miracle. Moses replies, calm as you like, don't be afraid. Stand firm. See the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. I said at the beginning, the verse that kept coming back into my head was be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that there is nothing that our God can't do. The biggest enemy of the church, it's already within the church, is passivity. Because where do we go when these parts of our history mean nothing anymore. 
<laughs> to me, the words, um, Jesus loves you, has almost become just another phrase, just another thing I hear on a Sunday, which is awful because that's the core of our faith. That's the core of our belief that Jesus died for us and loves us. And God wants this to be a huge moment for us. It's a huge moment in our history. It's supposed to drive us on and put a fire under us. It's not supposed to be a story that you can recount like, oh, do you remember that time that oh, we were on the beach? It was nice. Yeah, Moses was there and there was an army of death approaching from this side and a totally impassable sea because we didn't have a boat there. It was a nice day. It was really nice. And then suddenly Moses lifts up his staff and it's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be Huge. Josh Ratti reminded us two weeks ago never to miss the point. But what was the point if we take this for granted? This is the moment. And in the moments when God wants us to take a risk, we have to remember that there's nothing that our God can't do. When the world's collapsing around us, which is happening a lot at the moment, I know I can panic and I can forget that. I mean, the Israelites certainly did. But right now, when I have that moment of panic, when we have that moment of panic, when I can't see a way through or forward, I have to remember that God has been all over my past and has a plan for my future. And later on in the Bible, the prophet Isaiah reveals the purpose and the reason God had for taking the Israelites into what looks like a trap. It looks like the end. From Isaiah 63, this is from verse 11, paraphrasing, he made his glorious strength available at the right hand of Moses divided the water before them to make an eternal name for himself. You led your people this way to make a glorious name for yourself. God gives us his glorious strength so we can experience his love and be used to make his name even more glorious. We are to show the world his glory because there's nothing that our God can't do. So how do we respond to this? One easy way, as easy as prayer can be, easy way to be active is to pray. And Ian Richards a few weeks ago, not last week, a couple of weeks before that, talked about the importance of us praying for our leaders. Richard Green is the senior pastor of our church. We need to be praying for him. And a little known fact about Richard Green is he supports Aston Villa Football Club. And the reason I say it like that is because most of you probably think they're called Aston Villa Nil. Pray for Richard. And if you want proof that there's nothing our God can't do, Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2, the less said about the better. Pray for Richard. Pray for our leaders. But in other actions as well, what are we doing about this in our everyday lives? Because we can coast as Christians. And I'm more guilty of this than anyone I know because I've lived with myself all my life. And I've stepped away from things I should have stepped into. 
I've let moments pass me by. I'm at the, the moment I always remember is being sat just over there at the back of church in a worship session a few years ago and a guy walked in just through that back door and he looked dead. I mean, he looked at the end of his rope. And I was sat at the back and I really felt God just say, just go talk to him. Just not, not give him a preach, not give him a prayer, just show him some love by getting to know him. And I, I sat at the back and I talked myself out of it. I told myself, oh, it's fine. God's got a plan for everyone. And that guy left before the end of the song. And as soon as that song ended, Andy Woodward got up on the stage and said, I just feel like there's someone here who's at the end of the line. And God wants you to know that he loves you and he wants to know you. And God's so for you. And I was sat at the back going, I know that's for that guy. And I talked myself out of it. I talked myself out of being used by God, of a moment that would have furthered my faith and encouraged me and potentially saved someone's life. It's so easy not to choose to go for it. But the fact that I told myself, God has a plan for everyone, he'll be fine. But the fact that we know God has a plan for everyone should be our confidence, not our excuse. Not our excuse not to do anything. I got scared, I got nervous, and I forgot everything God had already done for me. And the Israelites, they literally do this. They see the sea move. They're fed every day with a magical bread that falls from heaven, but it's still not enough. They go and worship a golden cow. I mean, can you imagine that conversation? Do you like gold? I like gold. Do you like cows? I like cows. Do you want to go worship a golden cow? All right, let's do it. It sounds nuts. But they forgot their history. They forgot that there's nothing that our God can't do. They focused on complaining about problems rather than rejoicing and remembering God's abundant grace that had already brought them out of slavery and across an ocean. And it's, but it's an easy thing to do. I mean, especially in lockdown, we can get so hung up on things we now can't do rather than celebrating things we now have the time for. And I do it all the time. I forget that I've been given everything by God and I can share it. But Moses says to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. Just be still and know that I am God. Just where you are, just take a moment. Take a moment to really comprehend, really understand that there is nothing that our God can't do. Just take a moment to know that anything you're going through right now, God is with you. He's fighting for you, even when you can't see it. And don't forget that God comes and meets you where you are. And there's no situation, even COVID, even financial stress, any worries or stresses. There's nothing. There's no situation beyond his reach. Don't forget in those moments that he meets us by the edge of the sea, facing certain death on all sides and makes the impossible real. And that's the cross.
we live for the next moment. This whole part of our history, this book, the Bible, it's all about the cross and the resurrection. It's about a God who makes a way. And the crossing of the Red Sea, it points us to the cross of Christ, which in turn points us to our future. Naturally then, this story points us to our future. This Red Sea cross points us to our future. Therefore, it's repeated. It's echoed throughout the Bible. So if we jump to Luke chapter 9, from verse 30 to 31, this is written well over a thousand years after the Red Sea cross. It's Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. It's a moment in the Bible called the Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah, dead for hundreds of years, back but talking to Jesus. And this is from the Passion Translation. It says, all at once, two men appeared in glorious splendor, Moses and Elijah. They spoke with Jesus about his soon departure from this world and the things he was destined to accomplish in Jerusalem. When it says his soon departure, it's talking about his death. And in most English translations, it will say the words soon departure. But in the original Greek text, the original copy, the very first copy of this word, the word instead of departure is exodus. And exodus means escape. Jesus achieves for us the ultimate exodus, the ultimate escape. Escape from our sin, because it's impossible for us to live a perfect life, but Jesus did. Jesus dies as the perfect sacrifice. He dies unblemished, immaculate, perfect, both morally and spiritually, and God accepts him as an offering. God punishes Jesus, the only perfect man, instead of us. So that when we're surrounded, the cross is an everlasting, unbeatable, unbreakable act of love, through which Jesus died to give us the only escape we could ever get. And not only that, but because of the cross, we get to share our lives with Jesus. So where does that lead us? Where does accepting that the cross really is our history, and not just our history, but our present and our tomorrow as well, lead us? Because for me, it changes how I should live today. It changes how I should look at the future. Because our past shows us that there's nothing that our God can't do. And when we forget our past, when we forget God's faithfulness, his love, all of our answered prayers. We forget the, the really important lessons we've learned in our lives and in our faith. Forget the lessons of the civil rights movement in America and the need for the Black Lives Matter movement becomes essential. Forget our history as Christians, we become passive. We forget our nation-changing, culture-shaping, gospel-transforming purpose. We forget that there's nothing that our God can't do. And every single one of us 
has a story of God using us in our lives or God showing his faithfulness to us. For me personally, I gave my finances to God in 2015. I'm self-employed. I live phone call to phone call. And in five years, he's always seen me through. And even now in COVID, I have to trust him more. I have to because there's no work coming in. And some of the best advice I ever got about being self-employed came from a guy called Jeff Bryant, who was one of my teachers at college. He said, when the diary looks empty, look back. Look back over all those last minute phone calls that came in, all those last minute bits of work. And remember, that's probably gonna happen again. You look back to give you hope and drive for the future. And that's, that's what this moment is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fuel for your fire. And in Exodus, this is the moment, but it's not the only moment. And our lives are made up of moments, of, of pride, of love, and some of regret. But we have to try and grab every moment for the glory of God. And in those moments where he calls us to step out, we can remember and feel strong because there's nothing that our God can't do. And he's not done with the Israelites after they cross the sea. And he's not done with us after we accept Jesus. He's not done with us. We have to remember our past. We have to learn from it. We have to use it to give us strength and peace in the present. And Ian reminded us last week, don't panic. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that there's nothing our God can't do. And if you're watching this and you, you don't know God or you just have questions, please get in touch. Feel free to get in touch. The contact numbers, every contact detail available, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, it's on there, will come up at the end of this broadcast. Please get in touch because God wants you to know him and he wants, he wants to give you a way through anything and everything you're going through right now. And we'll pray for you guys in just a second, but as Christians listening to this, my question, sorry, God's question for you is simple. And this is as much for me as it is for you. What am I going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? And this week, I just want to encourage you in the Holy Spirit, just look for an opportunity. Pray to God for an opportunity to share what he's done in your life with someone. It might be someone old, it might be someone new. But don't forget when it feels a bit scary and you're looking to take that opportunity of all the things that God's done in your life and the one conversation about God, about Jesus can transform a person's life forever. We live for the next opportunity. We have to look for the next opportunity. 
We have to remember that God has been so, so faithful. And I really mean it when I say this is as much a challenge to me as it is to you. I'm just going to end this with a really simple verse from James 2.14, which is faith without deeds is dead. And that's, that's our challenge. That's, that's straight from God himself. We have to trust him. We have to let him use us. So this week I pray, just look for that opportunity because it's not like a bad thing's gonna happen because of it. You're gonna have an even better relationship with him the more you say yes to him. So I just invite you now, however you wanna respond, whether you wanna stand, but don't stand just because everyone else is, stand because you're taking a stand. If you wanna sit, if you wanna kneel, however you wanna respond, I'm just gonna pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Thank you that I really believe you've spoken through me today. And I pray for anyone watching this who doesn't know you or listening to this, who doesn't know you. Give them more questions, Lord. Meet them where they are, I pray. I just would love you to know that when you invite Jesus in, it's only the start of a journey. It's not the end. It's the beginning of a crossing of the sea. And to all the Christians who are watching this, myself included, Lord, I just pray you meet your people by the sea and show us a way forward. I pray for courage for this congregation. I pray for courage for myself to stand firm, as Ian said, to not miss the point, as Josh said. I just pray for them to... Take a step out in courage and in faith this week. I pray for everyone watching to really know, really understand, really feel your presence this week because there's nothing you can't do. In Jesus' name, amen.